Well, we are welcoming into the studio this morning former Amherst County Sheriff Jimmy Ayers to the show. And good morning and welcome. Good morning, Janet. It's Thank been a while me. since we've uh, since we've talked. Yes, it has. But uh, I wish it was under better circumstances. But I do as well. It this is it is what it is, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. So. Uh, I know you because I live and have lived in Amherst County for decades yes, and um, love Amherst County. But you have some mighty big concerns about the welfare of Amherst County based on some some things that have occurred recently and the way some very serious incidents have been handled. Let's talk about uh, this incident that took place uh, on June 25th of 2019, I remember so well when this story occurred. For the people who aren't familiar with it, could you give them a little bit of the background about that incident in 2019? Yes, ma'am. Um, this incident occur occurred in the Bob White community of a county, which is um, a little bit uh, north of, of Madison Heights. And um, it was the, uh, I say, violent uh, killing of a 92-year-old lady while she was in the confines and safety of her home and uh and was asleep as i recall that is correct yeah and uh the malicious wounding of her daughter uh trudy gets um it uh, it was a tragic um event and uh, you know it uh, stirred the entire community and especially those folks that lived in that area because these folks are fine people um never. well they are they do have a reputation of being good and godly people uh, they were minding their own business uh, trudy was was reading watching television uh, her 92 year old mother uh, mrs paleo was asleep for the night and basically you have this young man how i don't how old was he was he? 18 at the time of the fence 18 mm -hmm. um, who stood outside and fired a hand, handgun through the window and killed miss paleo uh, that is correct immediately and uh and then he also shot trudy is that correct that's correct okay all right so what transpired after that i mean did we ever know what the motivation was with that or to my knowledge no ma'am um just because there was no knowledge kill, uh, killing the uh, victims did not know the alleged suspect um no so robbery no no entry into the home everything was done under the cover of darkness from outside and um you know, there was really never any motive uh, established as to why this may have taken place. Just evil. Exactly. Okay. Just evil. All right. So in the following weeks, um, search warrants were, were put out. Uh, this young man was identified and uh, a murder weapon was recovered. Correct. Okay. And uh, ballistics confirmed that the gun recovered was the gun who killed miss paleo and wounded miss getz that is my understanding yes ma'am okay um so fast forward to you know 2020 i guess or 21 um they are saying that there was that something happened with the evidence and the handling that, of the evidence? That is correct. Approximately, I think, uh, two, two and a half years after the alleged offender had been incarcerated and remanded to jail, um, obviously there was a need for this case to move forward and, and be uh, before the courts. Mm -hmm. um, 
and to make sure that this senseless evil killing doesn't happen again absolutely and apparently at this time um keep in mind we're two two and a half years um post the offense um, and in the middle of a pandemic correct yeah, and right. they were uh seemed to then be trying to put facts together with the case to move forward with it and um it was determined at that time they could not uh figure out who had removed the weapon from the Thacker Lane address of where the search warrant had been executed. So then you've got a problem with the chain of evidence. That is correct. And that is where the uh, custody um, of the murder weapon and the chain of evidence of that weapon uh, was compromised. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the sheriff's office isn't that big of a department. No, ma'am. Um, so, I mean, you, you've got a pretty, a, a relatively small group of people that you could bring together and say, okay, let's take a look at exactly what happened here. Not to mention the fact that I would say this arguably was the biggest crime in Amherst County in 2019, or at least to my mind it was. I would say so. Um, you know, in this one, you know, I had several throughout my career that, you know, involved Sadly, senior yeah. citizens mm-hmm. and folks that, you know, somewhat similar to this case, they were felt they were safe and secure in the confines of the home. And, you know, obviously it, they were violated and uh, murdered and brutally beaten. And, um, you know, this was the same uh, particular way. But to reach a point of two and two to two and a half years later and then trying to scramble to pull facts of a case together and evidence to make sure you're prepared to uh, move forward with the case and then discover that there's problems with the uh, chain of custody on a key piece of evidence, not a piece of evidence, but obviously the key piece of evidence. But I mean, good uh, heavens, if you watch Dateline, you know that there's a responsibility. I'm a little bit of a true crime nerd, but but it, I'm being very serious. Absolutely. You know how crucial that is. And for, for people to be able to tell me that there's not one officer that can stand up and say, yes, I was there, I, you know, I, or I know who did, nobody's saying anything? That is my understanding. And if you look at the search warrant that was executed that particular day that that weapon was recovered, there is a signature of an officer on that. Uh, an officer who obtained it, an officer who executed it, an officer who uh, signed off on the inventory, which the inventory is any evidence that is removed um, from or under the jurisdiction of that particular search warrant. And um, then, So does that not to, imply that he has taken responsibility? That's the question that I would have is if an, an, an officer has signed off on that and then the next day attests before uh, the circle clerk that or – her deputy, that that was the only piece of evidence removed from from that um, residence. Um, I, I would feel very strongly that particular officer should have knowledge of how that gun was retrieved and taken from that residence. But for whatever reasons, that question can't be answered. So you just got a bunch of people pointing fingers at each other. Apparently and, so, yes, and, ma'am. And you've uh, got a family and a community that's left, and uh, I reckon it expected to accept this is done properly you know we talk all the time on this show about how emboldened evil is right now in our country 
when you have situations like this, this emboldens evil and people who would do us harm. Absolutely. And, you know, the tragic part to this in any case that is not prosecuting, you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to win them all. But as, of course not. as law enforcement officers, Commonwealth attorneys, uh, forensic labs, everyone does their best to put a case together as solid as it can. And there are times that something falls through the cracks and they, uh, you know, the uh, guilt that's wanted is not found and an individual is found to be innocent. Um, you know, that happens. But, you know, in a case like this, um, when you know, this case should have moved forward, one, in a much more timely manner, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, I consider it. And then, two, when it's just uh, blatant disregard or, or lack thereof of, of accountability, um, you know, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's wrong. And when things like this happen and these alleged offenders are released back into the community, then the likelihood of them reoffending is extremely high. And in this particular case, the truth is in the pudding. He is currently incarcerated in New Hampshire for a violent crime against uh, an elderly uh, person. Uh, it just or, elder, yeah, or a person, a, a, a female. And okay. um, you know, so there again, you know, there's another victim. Um, you All know. right, we're gonna we're gonna go to break, and we're gonna come back, and and we're gonna talk about uh, not only that issue, but also. Uh, some some things that are set up in Amherst County that I, I really wasn't aware of, and I'm not sure that it's set up in a way that is going to be super effective at getting to truth always. We'll, we'll come back uh, after this break. You're listening to The Morning Jam. I'm Janet Rose having a conversation with former Amherst Sheriff Jimmy Ayers talking about a tragedy that occurred in Amherst in June of 2019, where a 92-year-old woman was murdered and her daughter was uh, injured and the kid got off scot-free. We'll have more on that coming up. We are the Morning Jam. The definition of the word jam. To pack something tightly. A machine seizing or becoming stuck. A sweet preserve made from fruit. A common sense radio talk show. The Morning Jam. We are having a conversation with former Amherst Sheriff Jimmy Ayers about a, a very alarming situation. Uh, the Well, the tragedy happened in 2019 when a 92-year-old woman was shot in her sleep and her daughter, uh, Trudy Getz, was uh, maliciously wounded by an 18-year-old who just shot them through a window. Didn't rob them or anything, just pure pure evil pure random act of of violence and uh is now scot-free because of the mishandling of evidence in the case now there are some matters of public record where uh an investigator and i guess we can say the investigator's name i mean it's a matter of public record right officer reynolds yes officer reynolds um Uh, executed the search warrant, swore under oath to the circuit court clerk that this was the only item recovered from the search. So if we have that kind of documentation, why on earth was this guy let go and free to offend again in New Hampshire? 
That's, How does this happen? That's a question I would have to ask my, I have asked myself many times, Janet, that, um, you know, I, I wish I had an answer for you and I don't, um, you know, the accountability of, of every piece of evidence is, is priority in any particular case. Um, but especially in this case where the key piece of evidence, um, has been the integrity of it has been jeopardized through the, the, uh, um, breach of the chain of custody is just uh, it's a question that I and everyone should have. And um, So it seems to me, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'll take it as my, this is my observation. It seems that there has been an extreme level of incompetence in the handling here. There's some reason why all of a sudden you're taking an oath saying that you that you recovered an item and then all of a sudden you're not willing to take responsibility for covering the item. I can only assume that's because you don't have the backup to, to prove that you did what you were supposed to do. That's, that's my take on it. For whatever reason, you know, that's, as I said, that would be a question that I have and we as an entire community should have if, you know, based on the public document of the search warrant and it's, uh, execution and it's signed off on as far as the inventory as far as um it being attested to in the circuit court clerk's office then why cannot that weapon be um you know why was it breached Um, so let me ask you this is is this officer still employed to my knowledge yes ma'am okay um and no disciplinary nothing like that is taking place nothing that i I know of nothing okay all right, so wh- why it, it feel I feel like they're protecting each other is what it feels like. I can't say I do not know, Janet. I have no idea. I mean, so all right, here's something that I didn't I didn't know. Um, first of all, if everybody screws up, okay, Absolutely. everybody makes We're mistakes. Human beings. That's Absolutely. right. So why wouldn't you come forth in light of the fact? that you know this family is hurting you know this is a huge story in the community you know people don't feel safe you know this is a huge fail for the department i don't care that's that's that that's black and white this was a failure to to do the right thing to put this guy behind bars and protect the public from this murderer okay that's that's what i'm saying um why wouldn't you come out and say we acknowledge this this is what we're doing to fix it. This why why wouldn't you do that? Why isn't anybody being held accountable for this? And again, that's a question that I have. And you are correct. We as human beings, we as police officers, and most any other professions as human beings, where we'll we will make mistakes. But uh, you know, when state mistakes are recognized, uh, folks need to be held accountable for making those mistakes. And you know, I can't speak to this whether anyone's been held accountable. All I can say is, is this family and our community, um, no one has been accountable to us for so why this happened. So who would hold these people accountable? The Commonwealth Attorney's Office? I can say during my tenure, if I or one of my men or women had made a mistake like this, the three Commonwealth Attorneys that I had the pleasure to work with through my, my tenure, uh, I can tell you one thing. They would have held me and anyone else involved in it accountable. All right, so in looking into this, though, this is where I think it gets a little murky in Amherst. So you've got 
the, the current sheriff and the Commonwealth attorney are father and son-in-law. Do I have that right? They are related by marriage. That is correct. Okay. And the sheriff's office administrative captain that we talked about, Reynolds, and the deputy Commonwealth attorney are husband and wife. Do I have that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, am I the only one that sees a problem with this? Um, That's not... How how are you supposed to be able to be transparent? How are you supposed to have checks and balances within your department when you've got that kind of incestuous setup? To Maybe me, incestuous was, isn't the right word. Maybe nepotism. I don't know what the word is, but you know what I'm saying. To me, it would be accountability. Mm. You know, we as a police officer, we are accountability to the mankind and to our communities to do the right thing to the best of our abilities. And when we do not, there should be those folks in positions that hold us accountable for that. But we know, um, again, as human beings, when you've got um, family ties and relationships, whatever, in administrative roles or in that ring of accountability, it can impede the accountability and, um, you know, that's a question I, I have asked. Are these relationships uh, impeding the accountability in this case? So what as citizens can we do about this? I mean, uh, what 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 is the answer other than apply pressure and demand answers from this department? And why is not an investigation going on exactly. with this? You know, and I've said and I've said it in my Facebook post and, you know, uh, and I think the Commonwealth attorney has made some comments about his integrity. Well, to me, integrity is that you realize there's a problem in this case. And, and you're a man or woman enough to say, say You're a man or woman enough to say there's issues, and I'm going to relinquish this case and, and all of its evidence and every aspect uh, to an outside agency to review it. and Because um, they're clearly too prosecutor. close to the situation. I mean... Correct. The uh, ca- that case, obviously... It was jeopardized, mm-hmm. um, and the integrity of the evidence in it was jeopardized. So do you, keep, the, do you keep digging on that same case with, with uh, men and women that are trying to do I'm not you know, faulting any officers that it's fallen into the la- their laps now, but they obviously know their issues in this case, and they're expected to take it and try to piece it back together? No, the right thing to do with it is hand it off to another agency that has no bias whatsoever, and a special prosecutor to oversee it. And then uh, whatever comes out of it is what comes out of it. But any biases or, or problems then are alleviated. And that's what I have asked. The family has asked, but yet it's not been done. Well, if you look online, you, you see a lot of people talking about specific cases that uh, that they feel like have been shoved under the, the rug there in Amherst. Uh, it seems like some changes need to take place and um and I, I i don't know i know we have an election coming up of course some people are saying oh is jimmy running for sheriff again um but you did that for a long time we Janet, talked about that off the air there there have been a lot of folks that have asked me through the years and you know i've been so grateful through the years for my ability to serve my community soon it will be public service for over 40 years yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's tough to see situations like this, but uh, I don't know whether my body and mind could stand that again. 
body, mind, marriage, family. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's a, a lot of pressure in a lot of places. Yeah. Well, if you uh, if you live in Amherst County, well, regardless of where you live, you better know what's going on in your local law enforcement and your Commonwealth's Attorney's Office because until this came up, I didn't realize uh, of all those connections. Jimmy Ayers, thank you for joining us this thank morning. Thank you, Janet. We appreciate it, uh, as always. We've got your headlines coming up with cbs we have your uh, local headlines on the way with wdbj7 and kimberly mcbroom thanks so much for joining us this morning on the morning jam if you would like to weigh in on this situation you're welcome to give us a call the number is 866-916-3776 that's the toll-free number 866-916-3776 and uh, you can also text us at 434-248-0704 we've had several people text in and uh thank you for bringing this to light and um and we just we just hope that in is it new hampshire where the young man is now uh i'm hoping that in new hampshire uh, they're going to keep track of the chain of evidence and get this guy behind bars i hope so i hope so as well all right we'll be back thanks for joining us this morning on the morning jam